0: Welcome to the All 7 Days Podcast. This is Stan Fields, and I am on location today. We are in uh, somewhere near Greer, South Carolina. Uh, Trevor is at, we had some technical difficulties trying to get him on the show with us, but he is uh, He's back in Mississippi getting ready to uh, watch a high school football game, or at least listen to it on the radio. Um, and we tried to get him on, but it didn't work out, thanks to the technical skills of my son, Cody. Who no,
1: this is all your fault. Don't
2: <laughs> tell
0: me <under> the <laughs> Just
2: let the record show
0: he is. He is.
2: that <laughs> these two technical geniuses could not get it going, and was, I provided the solution. That's I be- correct. provided GarageBand on my Little tiny laptop. That's and right. Here we are. And so here we are. We
0: are we are on location in the Upstate of South Carolina. i with my son Cody Fields, and uh, Pastor Bradley Cox from Resurrection Church. They both go to church together. We will actually all be playing in the band together yeah, on Sunday, and hopefully that won't be as much of a technical train wreck as this has been <laughs> to this point.
1: <laughs> that has happened at Res before.
0: <laughs> it has happened uh, at every church, uh, uh, but. Uh, but today is a is a kind of a special episode we actually get to sit face to face or at least side to side on Bradley's couch in his living room looking at his garage band running on his computer and uh we're going to uh take a look at the past few episodes today and get some input and give some uh chance for rebuttal for correcting for, any and all heresies and <laughs> for especially for uh for Cody to uh rebut Man, any issues from the last episode, well, or...
1: let me just say up front, it's all true
0: <laughs> and more. <laughs> we always apologize to Cody as parents because he was our he was our trial child, and we dropped him a couple of times, but he never broke, and uh you well, know
1: it's it's a good thing we're Christians because forgiveness is kind of important in that <laughs> right yes. so. it is
0: it is absolutely is. So uh well this is the All Seven Days Podcast. We take your questions, answer them from the perspective of church members having conversations about spiritual matters. You can send your questions in at askatallsevendays.com, voicemail or text 864-660-9473 Join the All Seven Days Hangout on Facebook. Get mugs and t shirts at all sevendays.com slash shop and uh, help us out with the podcast in that way uh bradley uh just want to say on the record before we go any farther um listening to your romans uh series and romans 9 uh wow uh it's just it's just such hard stuff to deal with and you dealt with it absolutely beautifully and so i'm looking forward to getting some relief in chapter 10 on sunday
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's i appreciate that stan i mean it's it's been good. It's been good for me. Um, I think the hard thing is that you, when you know that something in Scripture is going to really jostle the soul yeah. uh, for a lot of people, that's what makes it hard to teach through it. You yeah. know, and I mean, there's some definitely moments where I go, I beat my head against the desk, and God, I don't get this. I don't understand this. What does this mean? And uh, and yet, there's still. Um, such joy in it, and, and I, think, I think our church has received it well, um, at least from what I can tell, and I mean, we, there's definitely some big stuff to wrestle with in nine.
1: You know, you know what the hardest part about it for me has been, is figuring out where to put notes, because you've already been through Romans 8, shortly after I joined Rez, and I filled up my journaling Bible in Romans 8, and most of Romans 9, I'm like, where do I write now?
0: <laughs> you have to get a new Bible. Yeah. Just, just get a new Bible for every time you go through a yeah. through a sermon series. So that's pretty cool. Um, anything else going on we need to know about at Rez Res? That's uh,
2: that's big. We're excited to have Stan the Man Fields on base Sunday. It's going to be
0: fun. I promise epic. you, I will not slap because I can't. Uh, <laughs> I well never learn how to do that.
2: Well, we're 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 just glad we're gonna have two electrics Sunday, right? No. No, I thought we were.
1: Yeah, Aaron bailed on us. Oh, yeah, man. I think he's going out of town. I don't remember, but we we stripped it back down to one. Okay. Hashtag disappoint. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have fun, and uh, we'll actually we'll have a dedicated well Eric's a dedicated bassist. Yeah, yeah. But a veteran dedicated bassist. Eric does a great job, but uh, someone who has been playing bass a, longer than I've been alive.
0: <laughs> this is well everything i've been doing i've been doing longer than you've been alive so
1: yeah, not everything
0: well okay yeah. Mo- most things most things <laughs> well this is going to be a fun conversation we're going to look back at a few episodes and uh talk for through things talk f- through a few things and uh correct get some correction and some guidance and some more insight and it's going to be fun Uh, We're going to take a quick break. This is the All 7 Days podcast. If you've been wondering where the opening and closing music for the All 7 Days podcast came from, that was all made possible by Westminster Effects. Westminster Effects exists to equip the church musician while highlighting the richness of church history. Explore the smoke-filled ambience of the Spurgeon Hall Reverb. Add some meat, or sausage, to your tone with a zwiggly SBD 3K and make every note the raunchiest of solos with the Osteen distortion. Visit WestminsterEffects.com for handwired theology sound guitar effects made in South Carolina.
1: Yes, my name is Tracy,
0: and um, I have used the All Seven Days podcast when I have had some difficult situations in my life, and I just really needed to know what the Bible said, what God's Word t- tells me that I should do in those situations. Stan and Trevor have been fantastic about answering those questions and then Pastor Bradley just kind of bringing it home. And I have applied these things to my life and I am seeing great things happening. Thank you, Stan and Trevor, for all that you do. Hey, pastors and church administrators, listen to this. All Seven Days is proud to be partnered with Faith Teams. Faith Teams is a web-based church management software with all the features your church needs in price so that any church can afford it. It's packed with features including attendance tracking, kids check-in, volunteer scheduling, automated guest follow-up, contributions, online giving and text-to-give, built-in email and text messaging tools, and a whole lot more. Best of all, it's all in one single system at a price that makes sense. They have a free 14-day trial so you can try the entire system before you pay a dime. Keep it in pages just $40 a month. That's right, $40 a month for every available feature. Go to all7days.com slash faithteams to learn more and use the links provided for your free 14-day trial. When you sign up, tell them all7days sent you. Faith Teams, the easy and affordable church management software welcome back to the all seven days podcast i'm on location today in the upstate of south carolina talking with bradley cox and my son cody fields who by the way owns uh, westminster effects and nose pedal and uh yep yep so i'm i
1: am the guy responsible for the uh for the intro music and for those ads that you have to suffer through every week. That's, that's right. So sorry about that. That's
0: right. But at least I get to alternate between the podcast one and the That is uh, true. And
1: also one. of note, the guy whose house we're at <laughs> is also on the Westminster Effects Doxology podcast. He is. He almost is every <laughs> almost every week. <laughs> almost every week. Unless he's uh it's, you instead know. of just once every four episodes. So that's true. If you like what you hear every four episodes on the All Seven Days podcast, come hang out with us at the Westminster Effects Toxicology Podcast, it's
0: it's a longer podcast. Yep. but you'll notice that when Bradley's on this podcast, it's longer as well. <laughs> Pre- <laughs> Pre- preacher, There's a pattern here. Preachers love to talk. There is. All right, they let's get, get they get paid to do that. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. They they are professional speakers, and which I'm not, obviously. Uh, let's look back at some uh, at the, at our past three episodes. The first one is stuck in a rut. Where Emily uh, writes in and says, What would you tell someone who has grown up in church and is stuck in a rut, who often feels they're going through the motions of going to church? And I got her to define rut for me, which was stuck doing the same motions over and over with the same results and not necessarily expecting different things, but maybe just doing these motions over and over because it's what I've always done and known to be right. So uh, chime in there. Uh, what, what, in, in, we we kind of all go through this at times, right? We kind of feel like we're just kind of going through the motions. I mean, it's it's kind of an ebb and flow um, sort of thing that we all hit. Uh, do these do these serve purposes? Do these ruts serve a purpose? What what can God
2: be teaching us in these times? You know, when I listened to this podcast, I, I um, my heart went out to Emily. Is her name? My heart went out to her because I think a lot of Christians—they may not articulate it this way—but when they go through a spiritual rut, um, there may be other terms we could use to describe that. I feel dry spiritually. I feel I feel empty. God feels far away right now. I'm not sure why. You know, if, especially if they can't point to, you know, some major sin or other trauma going on in their life. They just for, you know, no definable reason feel like they're they're in a rut and my heart goes out to people like Emily because I think Christians tend to think that that is sinful in some way or that that in and of itself is sinful or that you know something's broken I broke something or God you know is mad at me and God's pulled back from me and and you know and then then they start to you know put their life and their you know their spiritual life and you know, under a microscope and overanalyze it. And so, the first thing I would say to Emily and anyone else listening is that this, this is not abnormal, in the sense that it, it's, it's it's certainly not um, something that we should be content with. Right. But it, at the same time, I think it's helpful to realize that it's not abnormal to go through a rut spiritually. Yeah. Um, you know, Paul talks about in Romans eight you know, that all creation is groaning, and we're groaning with creation. There is a, you know, there there is something normative about the Christian life in this life that uh, we're going to find ourselves at times thirsty, spiritually, and that's not wrong. In fact, you know, Jesus said, if anyone's thirsty, let him come to me and drink, you know, so it's it's not that, you know, when we feel dry and spiritually thirsty or stuck in a rut that we need to immediately go, oh, no, something's incredibly wrong, Mm -hmm. Um, something might actually be right. Because I think in this life, we're meant to long, right? We're meant, it's, you know, creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but by him who subjected it in hope. So we're, there is going to be, um, you know, this longing and this need for, for, for God to fill us spiritually that's going to accompany us all the way to the end of this life yeah. until we enter the next, where we will be forever fully satisfied and happy in Him in His presence. And so it's, I think there's, there is something by design here. There is something purposeful going on. God created us to need Him, and I think there are times when He sovereignly, graciously, kindly, Let's us feel that in a deeper way, right. and so, yeah, it's an opportunity to press in. It's an opportunity to to seek God more, um, and and really relish the fact that you know what, the only qualification Jesus said, um, you know, laid out there for those who could come to Him was if you're thirsty, come. Yeah. So that's the first thing I would say to her.
1: Um, obviously, I'm going to second everything Bradley says partially because I don't want to go under church discipline uh, <laughs> but uh, but um, two illustrations neither of which are original to me one of them I heard literally yesterday uh, from Michael Horton on his podcast core Christianity which is a really good resource uh, for questions like this as well and they do it every day um, so so if you need more than once a week hit up core Christianity. <laughs> So, um, you trying to, you trying to hurt my pocket. No, no, okay. I'm, I'm trying to supplement it. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'll modify it for, for my taste. where he was using the illustration of being fixated on a, on a sunset. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm more of a, a mountain guy. Um, so if I'm fixated on mountains, say in Aspen where the beer flows like wine, <laughs> oh <my goodness>. <laughs> and
2: <laughs> We got a Dumb and Dumber reference. Yes,
1: yeah. <laughs> you haven't put one in a sermon in a while, so no. I, had to, I had to make up for it on a podcast. Um, I even request, well...
2: You did request you one. You can't
1: put one in Romans 9, so never mind. Yeah, true. Um, but uh, if if I'm fixated on those mountains and how striking they are, um, then I'm, then feelings will arise out of that. But then as soon as I start focusing on the feelings, that feeling's going to disappear.
0: Right.
1: Um, so, you know, maybe, what was her name, Emily? Is yeah. that right? Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that's not her issue. It could be. Um, but one other thing is uh, growth in the Christian life is slow, just like growth in any part of life. Mm. Um, like that fir tree in my front yard and what used to be your backyard with yeah. the history of houses being built. Um, when I was really little, that was basically as tall as I am right now. Yeah. Mm. But currently, that thing is like 30 feet tall. <laughs> and uh, and someone can look at someone who's more experienced in the faith, um, even someone like, like you, Bradley, who's, and you've been a pastor for like 20 years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they can look at you and be like, I'll never get there never seeing every single day and every single second leading up to where you are right now, mm-hmm. or even me just being a podcast nerd, <laughs> yeah. I'll never, I'll never know as many things as well. It's, I've put in some work and I'm not even that special mm-hmm. in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's one of those where understanding that it is, I don't want to say a grind, but there is, there's a process involved trust God through the process, he will get you to, and, and, you know, really, if we believe in God's sovereignty and and sanctification in the, in the walk, then he, then you're right where he wants you right now in the first place to get you where he wants you Mm -hmm. in the, in the long run.
2: Well, I mean, let me be transparent here. 20 years of pastoring um, and been a Christian much longer than that, even, I still at times go through ruts and I I go oh, yeah. through dry oh, yeah. seasons. I mean even just in the last couple of weeks going through Romans 9 and just wrestling through that so hard working so hard um I told my wife I can you know just a few days ago I said I got to get out of Paul. <laughs> I I just like like Paul I've had enough of you for a while. And I just wanted to read Jesus. I wanted to hear His words, you yeah. know. And so, like in my personal time, uh, just really for the, about the last ten days, all I have been doing is reading the Gospels, like just just trying to sit at Jesus's feet because, yeah. you know, I felt this need for my joy and delight in Him to increase because right. Paul is just wearing me slap out. Yeah. And so I think one of the things we got to remember as Christians, uh, and it's a very popular verse that gets quoted all the time. We walk by faith and not by sight. And so we, we might could take uh, sight and say, we walk by faith, not by feeling, right? It's not that feeling doesn't matter. It does matter. Um, but when we find ourselves in a dry season or uh, you know stuck in a rut, it is very helpful to rehearse the gospel, just remind ourselves of what the truth is Uh, God's chosen us he's called us by his grace that's awakened faith in us we are justified Uh, we are called we're justified we 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 are predestined to be conformed to the image of his son you know like when I go through dry season spiritually I just start rehearsing what I know to be true I may I may be in a place where I don't feel it as much, but I know it's true, so I rehearse it, and I just go over it in my mind, and I, I don't let how I'm feeling in a moment or in a season dictate to me um, what I'm going to do. A lot of Christians get in dry seasons, and they, they start to bail on their, the spiritual disciplines or uh, going to church even and worshiping. Um, and I would say don't do that at all. Press in all mm-hmm. the more. Ramp up your devotional time. Come to church expecting that being led in corporate worship is going to just revive the joy of your salvation. I mean, just keep coming with that expectation and let, let the Holy Spirit lead you in faith. There,
1: there is no better place for the exhausted Christian than to be in church on Sunday.
2: Well, I was talking with my pastor, my mentor, Brian, um, a little over a week ago. And he said the same thing to me. He's been working really hard, uh, trying to get some new things off the ground in the ministry that he's leading. And when I showed up for our weekly coffee, I just said, like I always do, hey, Brian, how you doing? And he said, you know, I feel like my delight in Christ has waned a little bit. And he said, I'm just longing to be I'm longing I'm I'm looking forward to being at church at the church he goes to and worshiping with you know with the body and just soaking in my delight in Christ because you know you get you, I think we all battle this and yeah. and it's not abnormal um and I I believe it is purposeful God will lead us through it and um you know yeah, just press in all the more is, is what I would say to Emily.
1: <laughs> we're, we're chuckling because we're passing two microphones back and forth, and I'm in between – both Padre and Bradley, so it's like whose microphone do I grab to say something? Um, but something you, <laughs> something you said uh, twice that I thought was really important is is you want your delight or your joy to increase. Um, a lot of times in American Christianity, we'll say something like we want more of God, and sometimes that's a shorthand for we want our delight to increase. But we have to understand that we already have all of God that's right. in Jesus we don't need more of him. We just need our joy to increase because we already have all of him. You can't get any more than all. True.
0: Also, also, um, you, you were talking about being reminded of the gospel and, you know, Sorry to bring you back to Paul, but you know Romans. <laughs> no, it's okay, Romans. <laughs> yeah, Romans, started quoting Paul. <laughs> Romans. One, you know, that's that's the one thing he talks about. He's, he's writing to Christians, but he says, "I'm eager to preach the gospel to you." Yeah. Now, why is that? Because we need to be reminded all the time. We need. We need. And he says, it. "And
2: impart some spiritual gift to you that we yeah. may be mutually encouraged." And I think there's yet another reason to be a part of a strong fellowship of believers, where you know. God might give the gift of faith to someone else you're in relationship with for you. Right. And that would encourage you. Um, So, yeah. Cool. All right. That was good. Uh,
0: Let's, let's look at the next episode, which is where Joseph writes in and talks about uh, potentially being hired as a uh, communication and music pastor at a church, uh, 150 folks and uh he's concerned about the uh the direction he wants to go with um i'm assuming a more modern worship style and and how he's going to integrate that with the older folks at his church that still want a choir and a bell choir and all that kind of stuff um i just i feel for the guy really i do um but there has to be a way to do this in balance where we're not um, blowing everybody up. Now, I will say that whoever is in charge of the bell choir, I do not envy them at all because that is, that is, a, that is a more exact team sport than any other thing you can ever imagine. I think I imagine.
1: heard a pop in your elbow when you were doing that motion, Bradley. <laughs> do you need Tommy John now?
2: My ADD would kick in so bad if I was in a bell choir. <laughs> 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 to keep up with all that, like just all that happening around me, and I, I've got a part to play.
1: Especially when you're in charge of two notes when you're playing, right? <laughs> or, you know, four well, they most.
2: they
0: uh, they hand them off sometimes and play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, I guess it'd be like you know maybe drummers playing somebody else's drum, but yeah. Uh, well, well, I will
1: say that we have 58 minutes and 32 seconds about this in episode 60. Of the Westminster effect. shut <laughs> <up>. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Moving on, <laughs> I just got listen to that. We did talk about that. Um, so I guess the question is, how does is, is that he wants to know how to go about moving a traditional church in a more modern direction?
0: You know, I think it's I think that's where he's he's wanting to go. But I, I, I think he's I think he's being wise and asking the question about you know how do we how do we do this? But we don't you know just alienate everybody who's not on board with this.
2: Well, um, a couple of questions I would ask right up front if I was talking to, what's his name? Joseph. Joseph is, you, you need to make sure that you're on the same page with the leadership over yeah. you about where this is going. Yes. Um, the first church I worked in, that was not the case. We had different understandings of the same terminology. We want to, you know, when I, this was 1999, I got hired by a church. Pastor said, we want to go more contemporary. Mm -hmm. That was the term back then. Um, We want to go more contemporary. We want you to help us go that direction. Well, my understanding of contemporary and his were different. Two different things. He was wanting to move the church that was probably 30 years behind musically about ten years forward, he wanted to go Don
0: Moen, and you wanted to go Hillsong.
2: Exactly, you know, Hillsong was just kind of on the scene at that time. But yes, that was the thing: is that I had a different understanding of contemporary. So he, you got to be on. He the just same wanted page. you to
1: play that Tupac
2: piano riff. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Don't even get me started. Um, you got to be on the same page about what that means. Make sure you understand what's in your pastor's mind and, and how that lines up with what's in your mind, the picture, when you talk about going more modern. That's the first thing I'd say. The second thing I'd say is that if the pastor is wanting to move beyond, significantly beyond, where the church is right now, and there are people entrenched, rooted in certain aspects, for example, a bell choir or a piano player that can only play traditional, and it's been there for 30 years and you know gives the most money to the church, if, that, if those kinds of things are there, the first thing you need to do is build relationships before you start making changes. Yeah. Um, because if the pastor is not, and the leadership of the church is not at the point where they say, okay, we're gonna have to have a talk with sister so-and-so and brother so-and-so and ask them to step down because they're not able to go with us where we're going, if they're not willing to have that conversation and they're asking you to bring those people along, yeah. then you've gotta build relationships before you start changing things. Yeah. I made that mistake way too many times. As I went in and I, before building trust, I just said, this is what we're gonna do. And in, in the process, I ended up frustrating people, hurting, you know, and, and it just caused a lot more stress and grief for myself and the church particularly the music ministry than was necessary. Let
0: me ask this question. Do you do you see a shift back from the a shift coming back from the super repetitive oh, stuff? Totally. Back into totally. back into more not necessarily hymns, maybe rearranged hymns, that sort of thing, coming back to mm-hmm. more solid theology in the in the in the language of the songs we're doing?
2: Totally. I mean that's one of the things we talked about in the in The Westminster uh, podcast is that, you know, things are changing again pretty fast. And there is a move back to more hymn-like, traditional, more theologically grounded type uh, worship that does have emotion associated with it. Um, But it's not like the worship that was really coming out in the 90s and early 2000s where it was very repetitive and highly emotive. It's not that modern worship is not emotive, but it is more cognitive yeah. and emotive and I appreciate that. I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Uh I think stylistically things are changing again. There's there's a a much more um there's, there's just a bigger push for more organic and less produced mm-hmm. and um that that is something that uh, like I said on Cody's podcast, I think young people coming into worship ministry need to just need to be careful not to just say this is what this is all I'm going to do or right. this is the only thing I want to do. You almost need to just sort of get a feel for the church and the people, the the context culturally where you are and start to try some things, you know, mix it up. Don't be afraid to mix it up. Uh, do the bell choir. Um, and then you know, if you got a good guitar player and a guy that can play the Cajon or uh, something like that, yeah. bring in something new uh, that's coupled with the other, and and because I think people appreciate that more now right. than they used to. Back when I was coming up or coming out of college into full time ministry, the the blending of things was really more it was more done to appease people than it was to really provide variety right i think the doors open now for variety more
0: we had a we had a service uh last month on a wednesday night that we introduced a a brand new song we've only done the song once and it had like a little mini choir in the back and it was it was incredible it was an incredible thing just i mean haven't seen a choir in that building and I don't know how long it's been probably 10 years. Um, But uh, uh, it it was an incredibly powerfully, uh, I'm I'm struggling for words here in grammar, Mm -hmm. but uh, I mean, it was, just a really powerful night uh, and that, and that song just really took it to the next level. And, And I don't know if it was just because it was different and, but something we hadn't done in a while, but the, to hear the voices being the band again was, was really cool. It was really nice. Yeah.
1: I think one of the, did he, did he address why he wanted to uh, change things up stylistically?
0: Uh, mm, let's see. I uh, let me I'm reading through his question again. Um, I've, uh, it was a long question. It was. Let me just, let me just read the whole question. Sure. There's a church I'm looking forward to joining soon, and and hopefully being the full-time music communication pastor at a church of 150 average attendance, waiting to hear back from the vote. Although I'm excited to enter full-time ministry, I've felt some tension with some, but not all of the older generation, 60 and above. Some concerns are they want to have a choir again. So there's a there's a going back there. They don't have a choir now. Apparently they're going back they want it again, as well as the use of the bell choir and specials more frequently. This doesn't seem to be a big deal to me, but I am feeling that some of these people will not be as supportive of me, at least in the first year of me being there. How can I effectively get people who, uh, who desire these other ministries uh, when there is not a plan to use them during the normal Sunday services?
1: Okay, so, so yeah, yeah there's, there's a whole lot there. Uh, want, like I really want to know why he wants to go in a different direction. Um, not yeah. that there, not that there's not uh, something inherently wrong. Right. Obviously, like I'd be killing my own business model right. otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I enjoy being able to pay my mortgage. Um, but like Bradley said, you have to develop those relationships. And one thing I'd be really careful of. Um, yes you know, don't look, let anyone look down on you because you're young, but I think it might even be the same uh, book of the Bible, is don't rebuke an elder, uh, as in an older person, right. but, but basically, and treat him like a, right. like a brother, uh, like don't treat the older people with any kind of contempt, and I don't think he's intending to do no. that. But you can be perceived as doing that
0: absolutely very yeah.
1: easily. And Bradley was also right. Um, you even look at uh, like Pew research s- studies and, and stuff like that and younger people are starting to gravitate more toward uh, traditional and hymns and stuff like that, um, partially because we want some we want meat. Yeah. We want something that we can actually latch onto yeah. as yeah. opposed to the mindless and, and I don't mean that super in a super derogatory sense, but there are a lot of songs out there that just get into mindless repetition. There's a difference between simplicity in a song and mindlessness in a song, Mm -hmm. where if you say the same line 16 times in a row, I mean come on say something else. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we, you know and don't use don't use the fact that there's the creatures around the throne saying holy 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 is the lord god almighty as your excuse. Right. <laughs> you
0: can, you can tell me that I'm a good good father one time and that's enough right. for me. Right.
1: That's that's who he is. It's who he is. That's <laughs> who, <he> <laughs> who, who I am. I'm, I'm, your, I'm your good you, good you brother. are. You are. Uh, <laughs> you,
2: you know hearing the whole question it I, I might add just add something to this whole thing is that, you know, when you come into a church where the age demographic uh, is wide and varied, and there you have people that are some people that are requesting these things because they have memories with them, and then others requesting other things. Uh, maybe you have a preference that goes in a certain direction. Uh, one of the things I think you have to determine is what is best for the church as a whole. And what is it that you can do well, Yep. right? Like to, you know, excellence is not having the best. It's doing the best with what you have. And I think that, you know, if you're, if you're able, it may be that you can bring back the choir and the bell choir and still do some modern stuff and really give everybody a little taste of what they prefer. But my question would be, can you do that well and sustain that? Right. You know, you've got to. There's, there's got to be some reasonableness added to this because him. It sounds like he's young, um, mm-hmm. and what, what I would encourage you is don't burn yourself out trying to be a people pleaser. Yeah. Is, is, you know, work with your pastor and your church's leadership, and determine what's best for the church and do that really, really well, um, and focus your energies there what resources has God given the church to be able to do that and and then and then build on that over time rather than just sort of reacting to whims of people
1: and and I have learned this and still learn this the hard way is don't be a firebrand <laughs> don't don't be the guy that just wants to come in and burn the whole thing down um like Bradley said, work work with what you got. Uh, but if but if you remodel a house, you don't tear the whole house down. Uh, you still leave the foundation. Uh, hopefully, you still leave some walls standing. <laughs> walls got to you got to have walls to hold up the roof. Um, so you you have to have something there to transition at the very very least. Um, but I wouldn't. Uh, this is one of those things where we can go back and forth all day, right?
2: Well, you can because there's so many little nuances that factor into these things. I, I, I will say this to Joseph, too. If I could go back now, if I'm, I'm 42 years old. If I could go back and talk to my 22-year-old self just starting in ministry,
0: mm-hmm.
2: one of the things that I would say to myself is focus less on the ideal in your head and focus more on the people that god's given you to minister to um i'm not saying it's it's not a good thing to have dreams and goals and vision of like man we could go here you know uh i remember back in 2005 when i first started at res and all we had was a piano player and an organ player that was when
1: i graduated from high school
2: yeah well and that 's right you 're graduating cool. <laughs> you 're graduating from high school i 'm just starting at res, dreading Sunday morning music because it was so bad at the time and I remember standing up in my office dreaming of a day like where we are now you 're welcome you know just <laughs> little did I know Stan had given birth to this guy Cody <laughs> who would come and change all of our no i but I, I i do think it's 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 important not to miss the you know the point that you know god puts us in a place in a in a church and it's it's about bringing him glory making much of him in with and for these people yep and so don't miss that by by getting so you can you can get so frustrated and burn out and uh discouraged by by just Sort of reach it, constantly reaching out for this ideal and you miss the beauty and the opportunity of of the people that God has you know put in the church where you're called to serve at that time. so if I could go back twenty years and talk to myself that's one of the things I would tell myself and
1: and I just remembered one of the things that uh, I wanted to say is um, you know you look at the hymns and they often have that they, they have this progression of you know look at it as well uh that first verse is hey this kind of sucks uh second verse is though satan should buffet though trial should come the third verse uh what is the third verse i'm blanking but it basically it moves the focus from yourself to god and a lot of times that last verse has uh, kind of an eschatological theme or or doctrine of last things uh the the finalization of the kingdom new heavens new earth kind of thing um and and it, that really rang true for me when um, when Jesse Harper, a uh, guy at res gave his testimony at the Baptist Church, the Southern Baptist Church where uh, he got saved and he did it at one of their Sunday evening things and it was a bunch of old people and they just kind of it's almost like open mic worship. Hey, if anybody has a song, just come on and do your thing and and it was nothing but you know like, blue-haired ladies and I think one old guy, and they they got up there and they had these little CD backing tracks. Um, but the overwhelming theme for all three or four of them was how awesome heaven's going to be. And, and at first, I'm like, man, these people can't sing. This music is hokey. What are they doing? And then I realized, oh, they're like, a year and a half away from actually being in heaven, and they're actually looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah. They're singing about like that. Their hope for them is a lot more real for us. So within those hymns, we see that more that progression of looking forward to the end of uh, the end of sin and death and all that kind of stuff. Whereas a lot of the modern hymns, uh, not that there's anything wrong with you know, the victory that we have right now, but a lot of them dwell right there and don't move. Uh, whereas these old people, like, they, they sing Lord Haste the Day, and they're like, yeah, Haste the Day, and it, I'd be cool with it if that would be next week. <laughs>
0: yeah, very true. Uh, I think one of the other things that when we did the podcast is we talked about, uh, and I'm drawing a blank on, on where this is and exactly how it's, how it's quoted, but it talks about uh, in worship we're, we're singing to each other, Speaking to each other in in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, submitting to one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, in worship, mm-hmm. and there's that. You know, you might you might be the worship leader, you might be the worship team, but you need to have that attitude of submission to the people that you're leading as well. So there's mm-hmm. that that mutual give and take, the mutual let's make all this work together, because we are one body, we are we are the body of Christ, and we are trying to honor the one who gave us life in this, and we're trying to do that together.
1: Yeah, and, and I'd, I'd say one more thing is, within that psalm hymns, and spiritual songs, that's something where we can learn from our, our Presbyterian spiritual siblings, the ones who are exclusive psalmody, who only sing psalms, even though I disagree wholeheartedly with that position, <laughs> Uh, they're still singing psalms, and they 'll sing the whole thing and we can learn from that where those psalms a lot of times are like, "Hey, God, this is terrible, and by the way, I hate those people. Can you deal with that?" and you know maybe maybe in uh two thousand and nineteen America, maybe you don't sing the verse about "Blessed is he who dashes their babies on the rocks, but <laughs> you actually get that you get that full spectrum of emotion from the Psalms of the Christian life isn't just happy clappy.
2: You got Joseph's head spinning now. Yeah. So okay.
1: sorry, <laughs> speaking of
0: dashing babies heads on the rocks, let's go to our next segue <laughs> our next episode is that was, that was segue win, segue <laughs> win. <laughs> <laughs> that was worse than my segue. To the <laughs> <thought> <laughs> podcast. Our next good. episode was what child is this? <laughs> <laughs> where Kayla asked the question, what do you do when your six-year-old is going through major listening problems? And I would say the answer is don't bash your head against the rocks. No, that'll just make it um, worse. But, uh, but we kind of turned that into kind of a parenting episode. You turned of
1: into a roast session of your son. We did. We
0: kind of roasted Cody a little bit. So the question number one I have for, for Bradley is, have you ever wondered about Cody's upbringing? <laughs> and... Uh, And Trevor wants to know is not listening, is is not listening. Normal behavior for a young child, specifically Cody.
2: (laughs) You you know, um, Stan, you did a really, really good job because um, I can imagine Cody as a (laughs) six-year-old, and I can't. No, no I can't. Oh my goodness. You know you to for Cody to have come out with you know uh minimal tattoos and uh so far. a reasonable so far. reasonable in gauge in his ears and 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 loving Jesus he did get really the lip well. ring out he did get the lip ring out Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's not wearing flat bills every day now That's
1: true. i don't uh, correction those bills were never flat, they always had a curve, okay, sorry. <laughs>
2: Uh,
0: I, I did do that right in raising him. That I always made him curve his bill, so that was good. But uh, but we did we did do a lot of parenting stuff. And if there was anything Cody that we threw you under the bus about, you're you're free at this point to correct the record.
1: It's all true, and and, and it's worse. Um, uh, did you talk about how I was basically the consummate rule follower? Yes. But how I would also find ways to twist the rules to my own. <laughs> to my own advantage
0: <coughs> you would argue the rules for decades i mean you would never break them really but you would i mean we talked about you going out, going out on this date and coming home at 8 30 and so proud of yourself that you only spent 350 at taco bell <laughs> and us looking at each other, I look at my wife and I say, "Well, I guess she's not the one." <laughs> that's fantastic. But you know, and she wasn't. And she wasn't. That's true. But uh, but yeah, you were you were a real follower. But you are you 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 wanted to. I guess the nice way to say it is explore the reasoning behind all of all of the rules to the utter depths of. Does that sound familiar, Bradley?
2: <laughs> Again, I, you know, I have a taste of what it must have been like. To pay.
1: But uh, you know, I'm kind of surprised. Well, this is more of a madre story, even though she was on the on that episode of of the tuberculosis tests when I started claiming my rights as an American citizen and how I didn't have to get that. So I'll just roast myself at this point. We might as well.
2: My goodness.
1: <laughs> oh, my. But but I mean, it's. Uh, I don't, I don't remember if it was Hannah or Madre, Um, the closest thing I have to parenting experience is having two stupid dogs and coaching baseball. Um, But there was, there was a point at which someone said, you, you basically have to know the strengths and weaknesses of your kid. Uh, Do they listen well or do they not listen well? Do you have to have eye contact? Uh, Do they respond well to stern voices or not? Um, I've, you know, I definitely deal with that, uh, on a baseball field, uh, like with, with Southside Christian, my, my alma mater, where I'm, uh, currently the, the catchers coach and bench coach. Um, I've, I've only like just erupted at dudes a couple of times. Um, I'm one of the more laid back coaches on the field and I know which of my catchers I can be like, what are you doing? <laughs> and, and just, and I can rip them a little more. And then I I have other guys where it's like, all right, look, you screwed this up in this way and here's how we're going to fix it. And it's going to be fine. Like you're, you're a good ball player. I promise you're okay. (laughs) Otherwise he might just break down and cry. Um, so you got to know who you're talking to. So, you know, some kids are going to be a little bouncier and not pay attention as well. So, you know, lock eyes and whatever. So
0: I think one of the other things we have to remember is that these kids we're dealing with, quite frankly, they're sinners. (laughs) And, uh, you know, we're, and we're all in the same boat together, but some of us have, have been at it a little longer (laughs) than our kids.
2: (laughs) You know, I, I have a 13 year old and a 10 year old. Um, Should we get them in here? Yeah, Maybe we should (laughs) ask them some questions, (laughs) but uh, you know, Hearing a parent say, how do I handle my six-year-old when they don't listen? I mean, I think every parent has asked that question when you're parenting uh, almost maybe at all ages. Uh, I don't know how many children this person has, but um, I'll give one piece of advice. Um, A few years ago, I had a couple come into my office, and they were – According to them, they were ready to get a divorce. They were so upset with each other, could not have a conversation about anything without it turning into a big blow up um, really just did not like each other and i I was struggling to figure out why I mean there were some you know things here and there personality wise that i could I could look at and see, but nobody committed adultery. there was not some major you know, covenant violation or anything of that sort. They just were at odds. Well, I started digging and po- poking and prodding around, and I come to find out their children were just on a – they were—they were, they had a ter- – it, it's not that they didn't love their children. It's not that they, they weren't, um, you know, feeding them, clothing them, doing all the right things, taking them to church. But their parenting rhythm, their schedule with them was horrible. These kids were going to bed super late. This couple had no time with each other. They were all tired, kids included. Uh, There was just some really poor habits as far as like um, just scheduling, consistency, and what have you. And we started backing their children's bedtime down, which had gotten up in the 1 2 a.m. range.
0: Good night.
2: We started backing the child's bedtime down about an hour a week. Okay. Mm -hmm. We started, um, you know, implementing some things with regard to. Um, you know, how the kids woke up in the morning, what their routines were when it was bedtime, just started implementing some real practical things. And the, and the, the marital turnaround was amazing. And the, the way that they started to interact with their kids was so much healthier and better. And so what I would say is, you know, it's normal. (laughs) It's normal to have a kid at six year old, six years old that doesn't listen well. Right um but i when i when parents come to me um for advice um one of the first things i advocate for is consistency right give them a schedule give them a routine that may not even be your norm but the more you can the more structure you can give a kid especially at that age Right the the better things are going to be for you and for them and the more the, the more they know what to expect you know give them 5 minute warnings before it's time to move on to the next thing right and and when we go on i, I told you on one of the podcasts we go on mission trips with this organization called back to back that right. works with a lot of orphans a lot of vulnerable children children that have gone through trauma and that's one of the things they talk about when it's pretty amazing to be at their community center in Tracea Reyes, Mexico. And when we're there and we're prepping and then the kids arrive at a certain time, there's a schedule and a routine. Now, there's freedom and flexibility within that, but the first thing that happens when they get there is they get a snack yep. every time. And then there is a bell that's rung and they move into their class time or their structured time, whatever it is that we're doing, and then they move into free time and then they end at the same time every day, and that structure is so good for all ages right. I mean we're talking preschool all the way up into high school. this works, and i you know if I don't know how, what her life rhythms are- right, like or whatever, but I would encourage her if she does not have consistency in schedule routine is implement that yeah. um and you may find that things go a lot better for you
0: yeah i I've always found that. It's not really the kids that need discipline. It's the parents that need to discipline themselves to get their kids on this schedule, which ends up disciplining the kids, and everybody's much happier once, once they know what to expect and what the flow's going to be.
2: Well, it's, you know, it, right now we're recording this. It's 825 p.m., and we're going to probably wrap this up in about five minutes or so, and I'm going go to go into the bedroom where my kids are right now and tell them it's time. And they know, they're going to know exactly what to do. Um, it's time to brush teeth. It's time to get in the bed. You, they're going to have a little bit of reading time, as they do every night. And we'll pray together, and they'll go to sleep. And that, that, that happens every night. And that routine, it's, it feels safe for them. It's secure for them. And it limits. Not that my kids don't have trouble listening sometimes, because they do. Uh, we had some of that tonight before you all got here. But it limits that when they know what to expect, mm-hmm. um, and they know what the how, how the culture of this house runs. Um, I let them watch some shows while we recorded this podcast. But the deal was, you got to have your rooms clean before those guys get here, or we're not watching anything. And it was amazing how they just snapped to it. But that's that's part of our norm is that. Treats come with responsibility, and and all those kinds of things. So,
1: yeah, I think I think one thing I'd tack on is is don't rely on someone like Bradley or a kids' church to disciple your kids. Right. You have to be explicit with the gospel and its surrounding truths. Um, and if you know you get to the teenage years and they're acting acting like little hellion, um, and you haven't. You know, you never tell them anything, then don't be surprised. Um, be explicit, be intentional, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Very good. Uh, Cody will probably – we might have you back on next week because next week we're talking about memes. and about Memes. Oh, yes, that's my. That's one of your favorites, one of your favorite topics. <laughs> so I play on the res
1: softball team, and, and I – roped a single in our last game that the outfielder bobbled, but the next outfielder backed him up pretty well. And I rounded hard. And as soon as I round, everybody's like, no, 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 no. And I get back on first and guy goes, meme lords don't get to hit doubles. (laughs) (laughs) That's
0: pretty cool. Well, we are going to look at them next week. And uh, guys, I really appreciate uh, you coming on the podcast uh, today, tonight, whatever time this is. And, uh, Bradley, open up your home and letting us come in and crash for a little bit and uh, have this conversation face-to-face. It's really cool to do that instead of being over the interwebs. Yeah. Really appreciate I it. Love it. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. And, uh, Cody, good job. You're welcome. <laughs> well, thanks for listening. Uh, remember, uh, get your questions in, ask at all7days.com, voicemail or text eight six four six six zero nine four seven three. Uh, let us, others know about the podcast, leave us a review on iTunes, and uh, get your t-shirts and mugs, all shop.
1: And go to westminstereffects.com. And that too.
0: This is the All 7 Days podcast for the goals that th- make you think so highly of God that you forget about yourself. Now go give someone what you value most today.